Spoilers straight ahead. More Nisloruin, more Serenialis, more Wies. Welcome to a follow-up, showdown, showdown, follow-up. We're normally a podcast that pitches sequels to movies without decent ones or sequels at all. But this is a special episode where we discuss a sequel that has come out since we pitched our own ideas. That movie is The Matrix Resurrections, and I can't wait to get into it, which is why I'm talking so fast. I'm your host, Paul Getz. With me are my co-hosts, Travis McMaster and Lauren Picurney. Quick hellos, quick hellos. Hello, hello, hello. Hi. And our guest today was our guest back then, Matrix superfan, Travis superfriend, and my date at the IMAX theater last night, Mario Kali Moon. Are we committed to the term superfriend? <laughs> better be that's not a very super friend to say <laughs> it's a lot of years it's a lot hi of years. you three it's nice to be back yeah it's good to see you it's excited. good to talk to you it was good to see this movie and so let's just let's just get our business up front out of the way who's doing our mcmaster minute a minute with mcmaster Last time, Mario, you did such a great he job, but you only job. got through two of the three movies. I don't know if you want right. to try In and redeem minutes. yourself by doing... <laughs> did you want to take a swing at Matrix Resurrections? I would be very interested to hear the plot filtered through your marvelous mechanical brain. Yeah, let's try it. Let's give it a shot. 60 seconds? All right, yeah, let me know when you're ready. All right. Put it up on the clock. And go. Okay, so we've come in with a new crew of people who are doing Matrixy stuff, and we figure out that we're looking at parts from the first movie. The long story there is that we're figuring out how to... Uh, there's a program running that is a copy of Morpheus, and it was developed by someone. We don't know who yet, but it works. It realizes it's Morpheus, and this new crew takes him out. Then we join Thomas Anderson, who is working as a programmer and being heavily managed by a pair of people who seem pretty fucking sinister. Uh, he has like a whole crew of goobers that nobody likes, and every once in a while, Carrie Ann Moss pops into his cafe. Um... We come to find out that he's being held down by the Matrix again, basically, with a lot of uh, in and out on his part. You know, well, they want the mirroring a lot of the original film, where, like, you know, he's like, I think I'm about to break through, but then it gets the, the first attempt to get him out goes sideways, and he gets pulled back in, and then they get him a second time. So this time they wake him up, and he finds he's in one special pod opposite another special pod. He's like, well, that's got to be Trinity, right? And everyone's like, I don't know, man. And then they go to the new version of... Uh, Zion, which is called uh, something, and I they know. meet, of all people, uh, Will Smith's wife. And I understand that there's just some inherent sexism all right, there. That's, and she's that's super old. Minute. That's all oh, I had. Oh, my God. That's, that's, boy. It's, it's tough. It's tough. You did great. Anyway, yeah, a great I, time was had by all. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> I, you know, I was all ready for this minute to end and me to say... You know, this is the kind of movie where I'm just happy to leave, you know, some answers because part of the fun of watching it is getting those answers as the movie goes. But you could have done some broader strokes, buddy. That was <laughs> could uh, I have, I, like all of that seemed pertinent to me. Like, oh god. Most important to perhaps do with the cleanup here is just explain that the I feel I mean it's hard because it's a, it's an it's an infinite cyclical cycle that this movie explores, but. The main premise we're caught in is that what's keeping Neo trapped this time is the conceit that the Matrix existed as a fiction in his life. He created the Matrix as an idea, but it's real. 
And that's what we keep coming back to and what we keep as an audience having to question over and over again is because once you get caught in this cycle of the concept of the Matrix being real, how can it ever be real and how is it not real? It's, uh, it it is a hard, yeah, yeah, yeah. That sounds like, that sounds like you just watched a Matrix movie. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. But the fun of it is, I love, okay, let's get into feelings. I love this movie. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) You didn't think I would? I was worried because like we didn't agree about Ghostbusters and then you've never seen Star Trek Discovery. So it's hard for me to measure certain societal uh, media consumption aesthetics you enjoy. I mean, basically we're trying to use the four metrics, the Matrix, Star Trek, (laughs) uh, Ghostbusters, and whatever that other thing was. Those are the four ways you know what people like. The metrics. The well, metrics. And the I, metrics have us. And I think, based on past conversations, we have some varying opinions on this, but I feel I must bring up at this point Rick and Morty, because the same thing that thing that show is playing with every episode is key to what this movie's doing, except serious. Uh, which is like, if this is true, what else is true to the ultimate degree? Mm-hmm. Once you are locked into your premise, you can play with it as much as is possible because if that premise is based on reflecting reality against a fictional premise but that fictional premise is where the truth stops you can just play for days and hours and years and that's what rick and morty does all the time basically the point is meta 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 yeah (laughs) yeah um i love this movie we love this movie so much that we saw it in theaters immediately came home and watched it on hbo again nice yeah yeah. I believe I will be showing this to Kim and she liked the Matrix. The first one didn't love it. Wouldn't dream of the sequels, but hmm. I think she'll still like this one. Hmm. I okay. uh, hope so. Yeah. Here to yeah, see. Yeah. Mario. Hey. Did you like it? I loved it. Hi. I um I loved it. I am Maybe. in a weird place thinking on it after the fact cuz uh almost like a curio that is in my home and I'm like well this is valuable and I need to put it somewhere but like it doesn't really fit on this shelf and it doesn't really fit here and I can't leave it on the table because the cats will knock it off so it's sort of like this thing that I really like and I value but I don't know really where it goes and I, and I think a part of it is like Paul's thing about the whole thing being cyclical I'm really compelled this movie's cool it's like super cool it does so many neat things and it does a lot of the things that I've spent the last 20 years imagining you know what I mean like mm. expanding on the notion and it's stuff that they set up in the Animatrix too um, one of the more impenetrable Animatrix cartoons is the one I think it's the Aeon Flux studio mm-hmm. where yeah. it's essentially this um, show not tell explanation of how we gain the allyship of synth- uh, what do they call it in the movie Sentience Sentience Synthius. That's a great word. So, you know, there's this bit where, like, people are going and grabbing machines and, like, sort of putting them into a controlled matrix to communicate empathy to them and wake them up to why humans don't deserve to be stomped into the dirt. And they definitely expanded on all that with this movie. And, like, we got to see more of, like, you know, the relationship to the real world, like, where their, their mechanical cities are and where we still are. And, like, this new version of Iowa where we're all working together. Um, all that stuff was awesome, but I think... The more I sit with it, the more I kind of, with Paul's thing, I'm like, so what's the end goal if you're the Wachowskis? Because this was obviously, like, so meta in the first act where it's, like, basically... The Wachowski. Yeah, it was just Lana. Yeah, it was just Lana. I'm going to assume she had a lot of conversations with her sister. But Mm. Lana, 
looking at the thing and going, look, this is what kind of defined my life for 20 years and everyone still wants to talk about it and make money off of it. So what do I think about that? And she uses Thomas Anderson as a way to examine that and literally talk about the matrix, you know. So that part's super fascinating to me. But by the end of the movie, they're sort of just like, we're going to mess around now. So then I kind of am like, well, what what's Lana's end goal? Like, does she just figure, if you guys are going to keep making these, I'm not going to let you do it without me, so... I did see an article saying, specifically Lana saying, this is not a launch of new of a new trilogy. Good. This is its hmm. own thing, and I am very happy to hear that. Yeah. In fact, I think as much fun as I had the whole time and with the idea, and as much as I see that you could keep the story going if you wanted, I sort of think the fun of the idea that they're playing with is in part a conceit that it's like not everything has to launch Again and again and again. Also, we could keep doing this issues. all day, but you don't... We I, shouldn't. I yeah. think I have like a whole... This is actually like Travis pointed this out. The relationship between Tw- Trinity and Neo in this movie is less a romantic one and more of like a knowing of oneself. And he mm. came up with the theory that actually they are the same person in this movie. It's mm. like an awakening and like they're the same person and the more i thought about that the more i think he's right because it makes so much sense and i feel like this movie especially knowing that lana said this is not a reboot this feels like the appropriate next chapter of the storytelling of the matrix which has always been a trans story and i feel like this next chapter is very much lana telling the part of her journey that she hadn't been on yet in the in the original trilogy this is her part of her journey where she's she has transitioned. She is knowing herself better. She got in touch with her feminine self completely, which mm. is Neo finding Trinity. And Trinity is essentially I I had I said like is Trinity the one quote unquote in this story because she can fly. Neo has the ability to do his things that he could do in the first ones, but he can do them until he reunited with Trin with Trinity. Right. And even like in the end, whenever um. They're they're going to the um the analyst's apartment and like, you know, Trinity's in charge. Neo's just hanging back holding the cat. And like Trinity's like messing up the analyst and he's like, Can't you control her looking to Neo? Which made mm-hmm. me be like, Oh my god, like he's talking to Neo because Neo and Trinity are like the same. I yeah. don't know. Like I just I kept seeing stuff peppered around where I was like, Oh my god, like this is just Lana continuing her story where she ha- she she hadn't experienced her part of that journey yet, so she couldn't tell it yet, but now she can in this Matrix movie. Yeah, that seems uh, probably right to me. Yeah, and that's yeah. why the movie ends with um, the exact same song, this mm-hmm. time sung by a woman, and the exact same framing of the shot, but now with Neo and Trinity. I am in love with that last shot. Right like, before they it's, fly it's out of It's so frame. gentle and sweet. I, I, like, I like lost it. I love that final shot. And if you movie. look at the conversation that Neo has with Tiffany surrounded by the police and stuff, if you read that as, you know, two genders having a conversation within themselves about themselves, mm-hmm. you know, why did it take you so long to find me? I don't have an answer. Oh. I'm sorry. Yeah, and, and then yeah. literally yeah. the family, the 2.5 kids, you don't even see one of the kids, just 2.5 kids comes and pulls her away. And she says it's too late. And also one more thing, just because like I said, I couldn't stop seeing stuff. Whenever Morpheus, we'll get... We'll get into all that later again. Whenever Morpheus and Neo are fighting in that cool, that cool room, um, 
he's like fight for her and i was like oh man like i feel like that that's just part of the journey like you have to fight for the person that you know you are and you want to be it's just lana telling her story through the matrix again Seems absolutely oh. right. And <laughs> just um, yeah. let me just throw this in, and then I'll let we'll let someone else talk. <laughs> Sorry, y'all, we're so excited about this. <laughs> just yeah. the, the, and the, addressing the first half of the you know the narrative with the meta stuff with the Matrix, place pointing Tom Anderson as the creator of the Matrix, um, puts Lana Wachowski as Tom Anderson right. as Neo, who is then as Neo and Trinity. Um, and then they just like, you know, like we just said, redo that first movie a little bit, um, but with more of an internal coming into yourself. Yeah. Ugh, yeah. Travis. And then you get that very on the nose and very fun sequence of the writer's room <laughs> oh, yeah. in which the challenge of a new Matrix movie is made uh, everyone's problem. What did you and call I them, loved Mario? It. I couldn't have loved it anymore. <laughs> However, however you yeah. phrase it in the minute, I loved it. Like a, a team of goobers nobody likes. Yeah. yeah. Something like that. Yeah, it was fantastic. Uh, and the reason that I think that Kim could like it is because the star of this movie is the ideas. Yes, Keanu Reeves and Carrie Ann Moss are filling in as Neo and Trinity as well as they ever did, and it works on that level, but they are also Neo and Trinity playing their roles that they need to play for this story. Like, yeah. the whole the whole movie is tapped into ideas and never lets up on challenging you with did you get that one? Are you on board with this one? Like it never, it never stops pushing the envelope of how many ideas are possible. I also love that, you know, as a launching pad from your guys's very astute and deep reading of the film, which makes me like it even more. I also love that if you need, you can take it at the simplest possible layer. It is a very complicated story, and I think it will be It will be polarizing to some that just aren't on board for challenging themselves to the degree this movie asks you to, mm -hmm. yeah. but you can also just over and over again find those moments of pure childlike joy in the buck stops at these facts neo loves trinity trinity loves neo that is important kung fu fighting and the yeah. sunglasses you know what i mean like it's like the rules of the matrix are the anchor for this movie and it's where the ideas have to stop because that is the fun you're having. That is the premise that they have to keep selling, which is how do we explain how absolutely everything works in terms of what we set up in the, in the original movies. And they do it like basically flawlessly with a few tongue in cheek moments that are to, to your flavor or not perhaps. But at the same time, there's no going wrong for them because in a story as meta as this, Whatever you like or don't like, they can point at and go, well, that's silly. It's silly for you to think that's wrong. I find myself kind of lost by the whole affair at the moment. I um, I do think, I don't know, I, I, what, I feel like I'm being a square because Lauren did that really ex excellent explanation of it as a purely like self-exploration and I'm over here going, but how come in the Matrix it works like that? Yeah. And I don't want to be the guy who's like, but the rules, because obviously it's imp it's important as like the metaphor continuing forward for like Trinity to find, she's the one who can fly, and she's they connect with each other to create power. And like you say, it is it is the the dualities of the genders reaching across the aisle to each other to become a whole thing now. Um, 
so that is why it's that's what the movie is about and it's more important than me sitting here going but neo has the source code so how come the next <laughs> they are two things now <laughs> but this is part of why i think these movies are so goddamn good and why you know why opposite ghostbusters for example oh yeah because oh. i think that both movies are going hey the thing right you love the thing whereas the matrix is like we know you love the thing here it is listen yeah. to me tell you about my journey whereas <laughs> yeah, yeah. ghostbusters <laughs> was like you love the thing remember that for two hours yeah that's, yeah. Yeah, that's exactly I, what i was i was saying i to think Lauren it's what separates one like, from this... a piece of film and the other one from art and i, I yeah. you know i hate to smell yeah. my own farts but like, it's art but i mean you know it is and i mean that's i think that's there's got to be space carved out in the 21st century where i mean even back to the fucking renaissance honestly art happens as a byproduct of commerce and it doesn't invalidate what the art is because it was a money-making venture. They, Lana Wachowski sat us all down in a movie theater and literally said, Warner Brothers is going to make these, so I'm doing it. You know what I mean? And and yeah, she's not wrong, but we still got this thing that's about something. She's trying to tell Absolutely. us something and communicate her life through media to us. And that is why, you know what the point of art is. So that's why these movies continue to kick ass. And I had a great time with just like the incidental stuff. And now I get to like spend the next who knows how many years discussing the little nuances and figuring out how I fit with it. And it it stays with you. It is to another time. Hell yeah, man. I mean, honestly. (laughs) Well, and what I want to say three things and hopefully I'll remember them because just like with the movie, it's hard for my mind to keep up with all the thoughts there are to have about it and all the things I want to say about it. Mm -hmm. Um, One... Uh, oh shit, I've, I'm already lost. Uh, Just give us three keywords so we can help you remember. One, what I okay. wanted most from this movie, what I said on the last time we did the podcast was, I just want it to blow my mind and I can't wait to see how it does it. Boy, did it ever. It it flipped my mind, flopped my mind, waggled it around for you know two and a half hours and it didn't feel like that at all. And you know that was... Yeah. My feeling at the end of the movie was like, well, I don't really want more because how long can a mind be waggled? Infinitely, sure. sure. At some point, you're but like, that Lord, is let what me it... sit still for a minute. Yeah. yeah. Um, two, in terms of when The Matrix came out, it blew, you know, majority of people's minds because, yeah. oh, I haven't seen anything like that before. I haven't really thought about anything like that before, you know, but clearly we were ready for it. Because the Wachowskis were well past ready for it. There were people in the world who were so, so far beyond where we are and what we're ready to play with when we watch entertainment. They did it, well, she did it, again, this time. You know, and, and but, they, but it had to be now. It had to be at a time when audiences are more used to meta. They're more ready for sure. film universes. They're, the continuity you know, of media is such now that, like... And I think this is part of nostalgia in the 21st century... Especially, by the way, this movie's... It's a wild series of films that came out this year. Ghostbusters, Spider-Man, and this. um, Mm. Where they're all three movies about the legacy of media that was a generation previous. We had to get to a place with media where it was so available and so readily in our faces that, like... the, the, The relevance of when a thing came out sort of began to fade away. So, yeah, now Linda can come back and be like... We're going to talk Lana? about what nostalgia or looks Lily. like 20 years on. Do you mean Lana? I, yeah. Or is Linda someone well, I was I'm not wondering aware if you of? meant Lana or Lily. Like, Lily can I come back next time and tell her names, story. So okay. that helps. You said Linda. Yeah. Linda. Um, <laughs> I, I would formally like to petition that all of the things I just said be cut. 
We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. <laughs> no, there's some. <laughs> no, good I don't know. Really good stuff well, and specifically, I liked the the three movies you brought up. I mean, Spider Man, I haven't seen yet, but I know. I feel like I know the deal. I know the setup at least mm-hmm. of what we're we're opening up the universe in this way. That again, we had to be we had to be prepared for with all these other movies. We had to get there. Right. But you can't just it, watch a movie. You have to watch twelve, literally twelve hours yeah. of movies before that. But it is, you know. It is definitely this introduction of like this is the new sandbox, guys. This is what's possible, and honestly, it it opens you up to if you want. Well, well, now I have to consume forty more, or you can go. Okay, well now I can start to pick and choose because yeah. it's too much, uh, which is nice. What the Matrix did that, uh, but with a point, and therefore, like I don't, at least I hope. I don't worry that it's going to explode in a way that I can't keep up with the matrix anymore because I don't yeah. think that's the point as much as it is with Spider-Man Ghostbusters. I think if anything is, is an example of maybe more of an old school approach of like next gen, you know, here's what you wanted or mm-hmm. here's what you right. said you wanted. Mm-hmm. We're going to keep uh, beating this drum forever. And uh, you can be there or not. Yeah. But before, and I'm sorry, before passing the mic again, which I'm happy to do, I just, I had my third thing that I wanted to say. My third thing is a mini brag, but also a putting myself down at the same time because I had two ideas in my pitch that were in this movie. Yes. And Mario that, gave yeah. me a nod for one. And I was like, <laughs> what? And I had that one. Do you remember of what course, they were, Paul? Yes, one of them was that they don't have to use phones anymore to right. get out of the Matrix. Yes. Ooh. And that's when Mario <laughs> looked at me and I went, <laughs> because, you know, oh, I got one. I got one of the simplest ones. Uh, and then the other one was uh, Neo blasting the thing out of his head mm. by being so powerful that that's how he comes out of the Matrix. Oh, yeah. But Mario, that. um, that's, yeah. that's excellent. Excellently prophesized, yeah. Paul. There's every reason for us to not be proud because sort of the point they were making especially once again with that writer sequence yep. was yeah we've we've been thinking about it <laughs> yeah. okay we know yeah everybody with your suggestions thank you yeah. we did the first one christina remember? ricci has yeah. a phone book of just <laughs> yeah. using your ideas yeah yeah um, yeah, yeah. Oh, man mm-hmm. i don't even know like how to talk about this movie because there's just there's not an elegant way to like compartmentalize how to talk about things you liked in it mm-hmm. so i'm just gonna say a couple things now um, I like how they uh, used White Rabbit in the trailer, which, you know, the White Rabbit, um, Alice Wonderland, it's a huge theme throughout the movie. Z- yeah. But I like that they also used it in the movie. Like, yeah, it, wasn't it was just, a great sequence. Yeah, that yeah. was a fantastic sequence. And, like... You famously love that song. I love... That's one of my favorite songs of all time. It's a good great song. song. So that was great, a little treat great for you. Song. Yeah. Whenever I need to describe someone going slightly sideways in the world because it's getting bigger and overwhelming them, that's the song I like to think mm. of. <laughs> mm-hmm. Blue Man um, Group covers it very well. I love how, like, it starts off, like, retelling the first one, so you're kind of like, okay. Uh, uh-huh. But then, like, we see an outsider's perspective... And then, like, I like how it establishes that Morpheus is no longer Lawrence Fishburne. Just like in that same thing that we first see, um, Trinity is no longer Carrie Ann Moss. So it kind of, like, bridges that, like, transition really nicely to be like, okay, like, Morpheus is in, like, in this new Matrix reboot is this guy. And, it, and I really love that, like, it's because that's a program that Tom wrote. Mm-hmm. To free himself. Like, it's, 
Yeah, exactly. Because he couldn't do it on his own. He had to to make a little fake Morpheus to teach us smart enough to be Morpheus that he he had to add Mr. Smith into, uh, Agent Smith into, to make it work. And then he's like, I sure hope some cool neutrino kids come and find me and free him so he can free me. So that I can uh, free Tiffany. Do karate. Uh, I Do love. It. I love like really quick like the 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 new stuff they added into this movie. I love that it didn't it didn't lean on any of the old tropes to be cool. Like they didn't even like it didn't even like really revisit that well that much. Like the fighting's very different. There's not a whole lot of bullet time in the sense that we remember. But I love oh, the addition of the like the new bullet time. Yeah. Mwah. Um, what a I, great! I love yeah. the addition of um, having a way for programs to go into the real world. Real world with, oh, fuck did I love so that! Very, very and like him. the operator guy who can like project into right, the matrix he's with he's them, not there. kind of yeah. I, yeah. I, uh, just just really really great well, upgrades, if you will. And oh. as a speci- <laughs> specific nod to that, what you talked about the operator going in and out, I loved that this movie is at the point now where you don't like in the first one, have to explain every little thing. It doesn't have to be said what's going on. You get it at this point. You've been through these movies. And I loved, uh, like you said, from the beginning, that I was having to do some catching up. I was like, I was a little bit concerned in the mail. I was like, am I going to be able to follow this? And then I was like, no, it's beautiful. It's like, this is just how the first one, you don't know exactly what's going on until they tell you, but you do, you know, you do get to You have to trust in... in Lana or Linda? There's Lana and there's Lily and Lana. Never was Linda. Linda. But there is a Linda yeah. Belcher, and I think that's yeah. worth pointing out. <laughs> um Lana is a good filmmaker and you have to trust her to take you through. This is not one of these like summer blockbuster movies where Tom Cruise turns to the guy from uh New Girl and goes, We have to get on the airplane or else the mummy will escape. And you go, Oh, I get it, because he said what they're doing. Right. You know what I mean? This movie's just moving along through things. I love listening to two characters. You know, like when when Bugs is talking to her operator, they're using parlance that they both understand. Right. And we're just like, yeah, I am sure that you guys know what you're talking about. And yeah, we, I didn't understand. I really the, had fun. What the modal or what Morpheus's deal was until we watched it again with subtitles on HBO. The first time I watched well, that's it, interesting because I, I just got swept right up in the like, yep. okay, so this guy's Morpheus and I don't know what that little fake matrix. I don't know what that yeah. is, but I get that we're here now and yeah. let's go. Lo- but yeah, Love I think that's bugs. what I mean. Is like you just have to let yeah. the movie carry you through and the, trust that they're good enough filmmakers that you'll get what the movie's about and trying to do for you without having to understand every little detail. And again, that's, you know, now I get to go back and pick this movie apart. Can I bring, let me uh, bring something, Paul, is it cool if I bring something up now or did you have? Sure, just real quick, wanted to say, Love Bugs, great addition, oh, yeah. beautiful great. fit. And yeah, I also, awesome. I, Mario and I were saying, like, we cared somewhat for that blonde guy with the circular glasses that yeah. was also part of the team. Oh. For, but, who in my mind is just known as uh, Craftwork because he just looks like, you know, we make German techno music together. Yeah. <laughs> we go to the Matrix, it's mostly so I can get sick new rips from records. <laughs> uh,. Yeah, but I mean, couldn't have loved bugs anymore. And then I also loved that they the had crew. the randos in there that you never got to know. And it's like, yeah, those people. The people. Yeah, that I really look, loved that. Look, the, the, I don't know her name, but there's the woman who yeah. stops by the right curls. before they go in for the for the big uh, heist, and she's yeah. like, "I am here because of Trinity." Oh, she yeah. was a good scene. Oh yeah, yeah, that, yeah that's yeah. like a really Tessie, elegant yeah. little bit of just. And now I give a shit about that girl so much. Yeah, right. Yeah. She had like a neat You're little right. movement. You yeah. know, she's not asking anything of Neo. She's just saying like, "Here's where I'm at, dude." You know what I mean? So that's just a character beat. I love that. Yeah. I was specifically glad to at least get one who they didn't give a character moment to. She had a fair amount of scream time. And the only reason I noticed her is because she's from the poster. She's the one with the curls. Mm-hmm. 
Oh, the, yeah, yeah. The goofy curls. It's like, not to say that I don't care about her. But it's like, yeah, if they want, they could kill her. Like, for stakes. <laughs> yeah, for stakes. She had more moments yeah. in the human world. Because she's the one who, who said, I'm here because of Trinity. Right? No, that was a different girl. I Unless that, she looked different. That, that, in, that's her. She just looks really different in the real world. Oh, I, I, okay. I had to watch, so I cared yeah. about her. Okay. I There's caught, that, I caught again, that right? the second time around. What? Real. Oh, real. Oh, awesome. Um, awesome moment. Hey, this is something, and while we're at it, they used sleeper agents just as bombs. They just had people oh, waking up and throwing themselves out windows. Yeah. That's a fu- In that any other movie, that would be the first sequence we'd talk about. And in this movie, it's just one more thing that happens. I yeah. have, I do have a, a couple problems with the movie, actually, and that's one of them. What, because it disturbed you or what? I'll get to it. I'll get to it. Okay. Um, okay. As soon as I start. Um, and I don't know how maybe to... Maybe fast, maybe faster. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not smart enough to analyze or understand this. I can just see what I'm interpreting and I just go like, I kind of have a problem with this and I don't really know what to do with it. I assume that, mm. like, there's so much thought into every detail of all of these movies. I have to assume that Lana Wachowski is aware of this and uh, I, I don't know what it means. But it's a, I was worried about this when I saw the trailer, but positioning the therapist... And your medication as Mm -hmm. the system controlling you and what you need to do Mm. is dump them and listen to the Mm. conspiracy theorists you hear on the internet because they're right. Also, your analyst, your therapist, he's controlling all of the other people in the city. They're just NPCs. You can shoot them if you want. They'll jump out of a building. They're not real people. You know the truth. That's just how it reads to me. And I was trying really hard to find an angle that that's not that yeah to my understanding the human bombs were smith no smith to they're there they call them bots i think we need to separate out two things yeah he just leaves he just kind of like green goblins away. no he said right before he says our alliance is over Mm -hmm. your problem is you were trying to be someone Mm -hmm. i'm everyone that's a great and then and then the city attacks he says anyone and then he turns Anyone, into the barista. He's been the barista, he's saying. And then that swarm mode is what Neil Patrick so Harris So who's in charge started. of swarm mode? Because Neil Patrick Harris just got blown into digital he just, He's in who's charge Who's mad at them right now? Because he... He who? Um, he Neil, starts the program. The swarm mode is an initiated program. He begins. He explains he, in the... The analyst. Neil Patrick Harris? Yeah. The analyst so explains... What was the, so, so shooting him to death the way Smith does is just... If I start a bomb and then you shoot me and the countdown continues, the bomb doesn't go off because its allegiance to me is no longer... No, but then what's Smith's point? When I he says know. he's anyone. Well, so that then he, what, that, that how he, do you know When he says correct? that, his point is that he was the barista. That's what he's I'm saying. Is he's been there... That's the barista. Yeah, well, because I don't in think the, you're right. In the scene, he was the barista. In, he turned into it. I know, but but, s- but but I think that's representative of the fact that he is now the whole city. He no. is now Smith multiplied again. In the scene where they're at the uh, the motorcycle shop, where Neo goes to see Trinity to like basically be like, "Hey, are you in?" Right. Uh, whenever the analyst shows up, he talk he talks about how her her Kush her buddy that she makes motorcycles with is a bot, and he says it's so much easier to clone bots than people than copper tops and also uh-huh. swarm mode is mad sick so he right. is in control of when the, the the bots and whenever they go into swarm mode but again so what we're saying is that the, the like what a fairly sizable population of this matrix are literal non-player characters yes. yeah that was my problem with it exactly my problem that's chilling man yeah because yeah. you can see because i was like because paul i also had the thought like i think of the first time i saw it i was like oh it's and he agent smith is doing his his old agent smith thing again and here comes a ton of him but uh-huh. then 
the thing I think that really differentiates uh, uh, this is that, like, the woman in bed who wakes up screaming as her husband, right. she's just married to one of these bots. Yeah. She is she's plugged into the even know it. and yeah. not being taken right. over. Mm-hmm. So there, it's like it's copper tops chilling. and yeah. uh, uh, bots living am- amongst each other without realizing. So right. I don't know. Sense. I don't yeah. know what the point they're kind of trying to make exactly because it all reads. There's a there's a really bad read on that that I don't like, and I think considering how matrix lore and like red pilling specifically has been misappropriated and mishandled by the culture right. at large in 20 years a little care should be taking to clarifying that like you should take your meds if your therapist tells you to well it's kind of fascinating right because but that's part of, because again the matrix is always about examining systems of control and the metaphor here is that you you know the drugs and the analyst are the control that keep you from freeing yourself to the truth of the world but you're right, that does send a very harmful message because those tools can be useful. Sure. Mm-hmm. It depends on the journey and the person. Right. But, right. Because, but, like, obvious... but I need you I I need you to explain something to me, Travis, or Lauren, or both of you. What so Smith allies with the analyst well he allows allies with Neo, sorry. He allies with Neo. His goal is to take out the analyst. Right. Yeah. So that he can, as I understand it, fulfill his function. Which is vengeance on the one. That's well, all he cares. He doesn't about. say specifically on the one. He does says vengeance. Vengeance. I uh-huh. I will. What I am not clear on, Paul, and also maybe is what you're not clear on. I don't know what Smith's end Plan game is, is yeah. beyond general right. freedom and nefarity. Yeah. Because in the moment, I was under the impression that what was happening was the analyst was in control. Smith, because of whatever's been done to him, three movies running now, he's still some sort of coherent program that keeps respawning itself, but seems to have less and less boundaries in the Matrix every time he shows up. So now when the analyst is like, bullet time, Smith is like, yes, also bullet time, fuck you, blam, 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 fuck that guy. He tethered me to you as a way to control you and forced me to be a part of this dumb fucking circus, and I hated it, and I hate you still, and I hate him more. So I'm going to help you until I can get to him. Blam, 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 I blasted him into pieces. If that was Smith's whole goal, like... It seems to me like I'm going to break out of this jail and I'm going to kick my jailer square in his genitals. Right. And then I'm going to be over it. And then whoop yeah. away. I don't know. He, he could have been leaving Neo to be killed by the analyst swarm. Like, it, it is a little unclear what his final motivations are. Yeah. Travis had like a little theory about, about Smith. Okay, so this theory all stems from that we see Smith. I forget. Tom? No, Tom is Tom Anderson. Who's it? What's that guy's name? Does anyone know? Jonathan Groff. Is that the, the actor? The character. The character who plays. Oh, oh, did he have a name? I'll just no, call- he did. He was because he yeah he had a name in Tom's world. But yeah. Okay. All right. Anyway, the Smith Smith character. He lights yeah. a cigarette when he's talking to Tom. They even have a little conversation about it. You know, I don't call it a habit anymore. It's a guilty pleasure. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's no reason for him to smoke. He never smokes again. He doesn't even smoke throughout the rest of the scene. He just lights. The- and in 2021, putting someone smoking in a in a movie. It's not like in the 90s where you just do it. Like, there are considerations. There are conversations. People will say, like, hey, you, we can't promote smoking. You're going to have to put a warning on the thing, whatever. It's not just, like, it's not done without thought. And right. since it doesn't okay. come up at all, what I'm thinking is that since Morpheus is Morpheus and Smith and Neo is attempting to become Neo and Trinity, then mm-hmm. Smith is Smith and the Oracle. Now, I can't really make any of these dots connect in a meaningful way. I think if in The Matrix you said Smith is just literally anyone at this point, you could be like, yeah, that makes sense. He literally took the whole goddamn thing over mm-hmm. at one point. Mm-hmm. Right. And he did take over the Oracle. Right, very right. pointedly. Mm. Specifically, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And she's the yeah. only one that we see smoke in the movies, I think. 
but uh, again, I can. I'm just kind of uh, just unfolding it like a fractal. I don't have any. I can't connect any of these pieces. I'm just turning it over and over and over. The, in my yeah, head. that's how I feel about this movie too. It just it. It's a whole bunch, and it's like getting a weird care package, and you open it, and you're like, none of these objects are connected. They're all fascinating and interesting, and I want to see if I can figure out how to make them fit cohesively together. I love them, and I want them, and I don't know where to put them in my house. Which goes back to my original analogy, I would. I mean, Mario, you technically win, because you got your Matrix movie. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, and I definitely win for that. Yeah, Yeah. but we all win, and we all lose, and that's what's so wonderful here. You know, I mean, you, you... for wanting what you wanted, you're wrong, but you're also right. <laughs> yeah. Because yeah. you got to enjoy it. Paul, out of curiosity, um, did you think we were going to like this movie? Yes. Okay. You I guys w- like everything. <laughs> I wasn't sure. Uh, yeah. I mean, uh, uh, well, first of all, uh, <clears throat> I understand that there are people that won't like this movie. Yeah. Sure. My assumption is that they will be people who don't get it mm. or don't want to try to get it. Right. It's- you know, because you're in for the ride or you're not and other than that one line whether that you're willing to cross or not cross i find that this movie makes itself bulletproof against the fans who for any really good reason could challenge it because the point is like we know your opinion. We opinions. stepped yes. up yeah. to the challenge, yeah. guys. You you have to you acknowledge have, that. Yeah. And I'm always here for any artist going like, listen, guys, this is, I have thoughts. I didn't make The Matrix so you guys could take it and tell me what it was. Right. I'm right. an artist with opinions about my work. Yeah. I it like does leave the artist's too. hands, but, you know, and that's the thing. It's like no artist gets to keep ownership once it becomes public domain. Yeah. But I do love Lana coming back and being like, this is what I have to say about it. If you guys want more Matrix, this is how it is. This is what yeah. there is to say. And also, you want all the flashy stuff? This is how easy it right. is for me. Yeah. Here you go, as a joke. There you yeah, go, no problem. I goofed it. Anyway, Naomi's yeah, exactly. going to show up in a second and blow your whole mind. Challenging, the, the audience being challenged by this movie, as it has mm-hmm. been since th- this this franchise has done nothing but make challenging and preposterous media since the first movie, which which the, the plot is so ba- bare bones, it's like one thing happens and the rest of the movie is explaining cool stuff, that yeah. if at this point you are unwilling to meet the challenge, you know, maybe the, this is not the franchise for you. Like, this is what yeah. it does. Right. That it, was one right. of the, the sequels are designed for, like, the audience needs to put in work. They need to show up for it. They need to... Be willing to right, go it's on. It's asking the you to engage with it. Yeah. yeah. And so same thing with this one. You have to you have to put in the work but, for it. Which well, is why I think it's appropriate that we brought up last night, Paul, is that this reminds me in the same way, like I think you're the one who brought him up first, is that there's a lot of um Oh, Lynch. David Lynch. Lynch. David Lynch. <laughs> yes, this is what he does all the time. Yes. Yeah. It's, and it's it, there. There is a yeah. straightforward story to be said. Like, you know, Twin Peaks is about a detective investigating a murder. Yeah. And it's absolutely fucking not about that at all. You know what I mean? And that's the <laughs> right. same thing with yeah, The Matrix. Yeah. The Matrix is about a guy figuring out he's Robot Jesus. And it's also yeah. nothing to do with that. Yeah. And you have to find how to relate to what the artist is trying to say to you if you want to understand the full complexity of the art. Yeah. And again, which is why I do think it's like really interesting for me that I'm like bogged down so much by like put the rules, especially considering like a good comparison for this franchise wise is like a Star Wars or a Star Trek, where those things are always about like you know lightsabers work like this or force fields work like this, and in this movie you could yeah. do that to it, but it gets in the way of you enjoying the characters' journeys, and I think that's the part you need to focus on is like Morpheus and Trinity and Neo 
and Smith and Niobe. And Niobe, Niobe. there. I mean, Niobe, that bit where she was like, hi, it's great to see you again. Did you know that we're going to be on opposite sides of this? <laughs> and it like completely yeah. blindsides him. I'm like, that's such a good, yeah, of yeah, course. Yeah, she doesn't right. want this fucking guy endangering all that right. she's worked for for 60 yeah. years. Um, because it still seems silly. Yeah. That's the best parts about these movies is like, they know to stay true to the characters and their conflicts. Yes. What I love is that, you know, outside of its ideas and its complexities and its challenges and the things that it's asking you to keep up with and engage with, it does also give it up to the people who want the simple stuff. Mm -hmm. It says that stuff does matter. It absolutely matters. Those are the baseline (laughs) rules. Those are the only things that matter. Those are the only things that we're going to keep coming back to. When I have people over to my house, but my dog is like, I'd like to play right now. I'm like, yeah, I'm going to half-assedly throw this ball for you while I have this conversation. (laughs) I have to do karate fights and talk about philosophy. As I recognize now, the ideas presented in the first one, those are the best things. But what people... Uh, at the time glommed onto the most was the bullet time the sunglasses right. the slow-mo the walking through the cool cool yeah, the cool. affectation that, then that's what the second one brought them in with was more of this huh the dance the dance we're doing the dance uh hey but just you know maybe some ideas and then people went this isn't yeah this isn't that this isn't sunglasses <laughs> it's yeah. not sunglasses um so this movie i think beautifully answered any insult that could have come at any of the other films. I really like Naomi, um, who has such an important character in this movie, um, yeah. kind of like thematically. Like, A, she does sort of in a meta way point out that the, I think she was saying the second Matrix movies, Reloaded and Revolutions, they, she said we were stuck in our own Matrix. It was us against them. We were stuck in the war. She holds up the strawberry, a little new red pill, and she says Zion could never have made this. You oh, know, right, I it really, is a red pill. Holy shit. I, love, I got that. Obviously, I saw that. <laughs> I love the message of hope quietly woven into this movie. Like, look, we yeah. made a sky. Look at Ooh, this new... the cute robots. The cute robots who are Yum. friends. There's little patches of the green. Yeah. Just starting yeah. to show in this new, not Zion underground, but like this combination of things. Like, we're trying to change what our mm-hmm. side means. Like, yeah. mm, oh, mm. Yeah. oh, man. So can I ask a, can I ask a nitpicky question? Um, so Paul and I were discussing it. it. Are we meant to understand that Zion fell because they couldn't get outside of the war paradigm? Is that what it is? Like, when the machines started fighting each other, they just weren't able to pivot... From and probably because of scarcity of resources, they just sort of died off. Is that what it was My meant to be? My understanding was sort of that it was kind of Morpheus's fault, which I thought felt like a little bit of a disservice to his character. But from, yeah. she did say that like he couldn't believe that um, what Neo did could be undone. So I feel I feel like he was like well, and that's his role, yeah. right? I mean, that's yeah. classic. But morph. he, in, in the same vein, like his, <laughs> he was brought down by his by the folly of his. Um, blind faith he wasn't Listen, willing just give to me like, another animation but he had just... but he had to be i mean like yeah his journey in those first three it's like over and over again he he loses faith and then is shown it was always the way so at a certain point you have to you know and right. unlike niobe you sort of have to accept that it's like this is it right what, whatever that means i don't know and you know maybe won't be presented to anyone until the machines grow scarce on resources and recreate human beings in order to find out again. Mm-hmm. Because I think that's exa- that's exactly what this movie was doing. And like they say it several times and it's something Neo has said many times. I don't think I'm the one. I'm not the one. I can't be. I'm just some knucklehead. And then this movie 
extends through this and it does the same thing. He's not the one because him and Trinity are the one. His name means one, her name means Trinity, so that's three. And I think the second step there, the second person in that is the two of them together. That's the right. third person yeah. that makes the one. The Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. The Father, um, the Son, uh, and the Father, <laughs> the Son. Yeah. <laughs> I, uh... <laughs> yeah. Okay, I am going to allow final thoughts. Uh, 20 minutes each. Uh, it's, it's, <laughs> Keep it to it's... 20. Tight 20. <laughs> Take what you need. Uh, I just want to start guiding us toward okay. a conclusion. I so, want to go first because uh, I okay. remember stuff. Um, one, something we haven't talked about at all. Um, I can't remember her name, but the lovely, lovely woman who was the little girl who made a rainbow for Neo. <sighs> yes. Oh, right. I can't remember. Sati. Sati. The character's yeah. name is Sati. She, yeah. I thought... She's actually played by Tanvir K. Atwal because I looked her up to make sure it was still her, but it is. That's the kid. Oh, it is? Wait, what? Yeah, no, that's her. It's, no, it's no. Yeah, it's Priyanka a different Chopra. Child, different it's Nick Jonas's wife. Why, why would the internet Nick Jonas's wife. Oh, buddy. Yeah, that's who that. is Nick Jonas oh, married Good job, Nick Jonas. Um, <laughs> anyway, like she was, she was so lovely. I, I loved her performance and I, I love, that's another bit of, um, new matrix technology. I love was like the little like robot bird. That was like her, oh, her like fantastic. avatar, her extension into the world, which they're quite, they're kind of subtle about. Like that's basically her, the whole yeah. movie. Um, I thought that was so cool. I, I like loved the last scene with um, Neo and Trinity and the uh, the analysts, like we're sick of taking your bullshit nonstop. We're gonna paint the sky with rainbows. I, I loved like how like blunt in a nice way that scene was, because it was basically just saying like, hey, like we're sick of you like white cis people like just like fucking up the world for for everyone else and for us, um, and we're not gonna take it anymore. So I thought that was cool. All right. I'm sure there's so much uh, I'm forgetting, but I'll leave it to that for my final thoughts. Well, yeah, you know, there might be time. Yeah. <laughs> Travis, uh, your thoughts? Oh, I mean, I everything we've said, plus I thought of a bunch of new stuff, plus I guess I'm just going to keep thinking about this movie for the rest of my life. So I right. guess I just will end this. <laughs> my final thought is that I'm just going to have final thoughts forever. This movie is amazing. Yeah. yeah. Uh, okay. I'm going to use my final thoughts to tickle Mario a little bit before he <laughs> goes. Uh, you mentioned last night, Mario, that if this is the final Matrix movie, it's a strange place to leave it, you know, mythology-wise. So I just want to say one more time that, you know, technically you're right, but you're also wrong. <laughs> because, I mean, more so, you know, and I think this is kind of what uh, the world needs and more so than that deserves, which is you you wanted another one. You guys. You said more. This is more. This is what more there is to say. And you know what? Like, it doesn't fit into that package that you maybe asked for. It's different. and But it does exactly what you wanted. So everybody won, everybody lost. Well, we're just changing what our side means. I just feel like I Right, won. exactly. Right, right. <laughs> it makes us better as moviegoers if we're ready for it. She can only show us the door. Yes. Yes. Okay, Mario, to you. I'm feeling some kind of way, and I'm not really sure what it is. Uh, honestly, I really don't know. I was, I still, I still really liked the movie. I still really enjoyed the experience. I think it's full of really cool stuff to talk about and analyze. Um, I don't have any final thoughts on this movie. I'm gonna have to come back to it and let it sit for a while. Go do something else yeah. for a bit. Watch it again, and then if you can. and then look at it again. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay, so it's embarrassing uh, t for me, perhaps uh, there are those who feel differently, but it's embarrassing for me to ask these questions. Just what has become the format of these showdown follow-ups. 
So uh, should this movie, should this trilogy have a sequel? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Oh, yes. I I'm yeah. I am doing that thing where when Bugs takes Trinity's brain or whatever was happening there and she splits into like a room full of people. So neat. <laughs> because no, no, absolutely not. But also, absolutely, yeah. I don't know. I want all the stuff that was in this movie, but I also want. I, what I can say is I want to be awakened in the way that this movie, whether that's true or not, I feel awakened. I feel like I my mind expanded. I feel like I took the right drugs and it, you know, you know, like it, it, it changed me even if it didn't. That's how I feel anyway. That's the feeling it gave me. And so I I like when stuff does that. Grappling with like, I thought they did a really good job in the first three Matrix movies. It never occurred to me like people like, well, what if Neo was brought back to life? I thought killing them was like the right answer. Their stories are done. Um, as Lana coming back and saying like here's where i'm at here's what i want to talk about and then utilize it because you know he even says like there's a lot of me in the protagonist which is you know mm. we pretty much mm. take the conceit that it's lana talking to us right that's a, that's, mm-hmm. that's a good point so in that regard because it is an exploration of lana talking about her life you absolutely need trinity and neo back because that continues to be her vessel to explore what she's exploring so i think that's what i'm literally doing is i'm having this like dichotomous reaction to the movie where i think the movie and its contents for itself are amazing and definitely deserve to be made but the part of my brain that's completely rotted by the 21st century is like, as a franchise, this was muddying for the water. <laughs> but the Millennium like, Falcon doesn't but, work that you know, way. Exactly. I think that's what I'm driving towards. Is I really do think like as a piece of art, reflecting on the Matrix and presenting whatever Lana is saying, I think fantastic movie, loved it. And I had a great time in the theater. And now that I like try to contextualize it in what I've considered the Matrix quote-unquote brand, you know, me being the, the, the goof-offs that nobody likes in the first act, <laughs> that part sits badly with me, and I think after I have time to, like, adjust to it, I'll be okay. But, uh, yeah. So, yes and no. No is a sequel to the Matrix movies. Yes is a movie on its own terms. Well, so it's, that's a weird it is, answer. among other things, it's an indictment of sequels, and therefore this podcast, uh, <laughs> in that, you know, it, and it's and it goes back to the reason, I suppose, that we all voted no for the first one having a sequel. Is it's like, it is a complete story. Then the me- sequels happen, and that's a complete story. And then this is like, but you can always tell more story. That being, And yeah. so do you want that ad nauseum? Well, here it is. <laughs> right. Here it is infinitesimally i hope they don't uh, do more because i, I do, do think too. i i think that like they did set up stuff in this movie where you could do more sequels but just like ian malcolm says but just because you man be doesn't mean you should four. yeah that's right. my question is if you get it it's for one it'd be, it be for four? warner brothers right for exactly money. but but who's who's plugged enough into this one that they loved it and then goes can't wait to see what happens next <laughs> I when they fly around and they really beat the Matrix. It's finally, it's a you know, really, like it's, it's a really interesting movie in that way that it like yeah. it sets up such a it, it, a new richer world and is immediately like oh I'm set you're like I'm satisfied I couldn't ask for more despite there being more. Okay, so then second question and this is really the embarrassing one: Do we concede? Our winning pitch was actually uh, written by Travis Lauren and Mario collectively as the oh. Animatrix 2000. Mm. Um, I say yes, we concede uh, humbly 
Absolutely. And with our tail between our legs. That was uh, that was a weird winner. I anyway. still want the Animatrix <laughs> 2000. Yeah, yeah well, I mean, see, I that's still what I'm at. Like, the little just stories. keep giving me stories in this universe, man. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, tell me about what happened to the Fall of Zion. Do a really cool, beautiful, terribly disturbing animation oh, a la yeah. the Second yeah, Renaissance it. where I get oh, to watch. Yeah, yeah. You know, You're right. Uh, I, I want both. I want them yeah, both. I, I, I agree <laughs> with that. I mean, it, if it if it has to be a yes or no, I say yes, but I'll still take the Animatrix 2000, please, yeah. and thank you. Yeah. So we can do plugs and all that, but I did want to mention right here that we already have, I mean, I know we'll have Mario back. And once we get back into the yeah. new season of the podcast proper, however, the next time we will have him back, for one of these, a showdown follow-up will be next December when we get Avatar oh. 2. <laughs> oh, yeah! Yeah, we'll see. Yeah. No, yeah, yeah, it's going to be great. <laughs> uh, and that'll be a fun discussion. I'm really looking forward oh, wow. to that. Yeah, that's going to be crazy. Yeah. Um, okay, so any plugs from anyone? Uh, please join the three of us without Paul for some weird reason on a I've Never Seen Star Trek wherein we show our very good friend from high school, Tony, and my wife, Tiffany, which weirded me the fuck out when the movie did. Right? Um, oh, I was, like, really thrown off by that. Um, we show Tiffany and Tony Star Trek, and then we talk about it. Paul's gonna um, be on. Where He's... I feel 100% I... more on my own footing there. <laughs> I bought my way in. He did. Hell yeah. <laughs> yes. you know, actually, let me go ahead and plug that, because certainly if you're listening to this, you're aware of my other podcast by now. So let me just go ahead and plug, once again, I am for sale. Mm, mm, yes. <laughs> in any capacity. Right. Let me Throw a price at me. We'll yeah. talk. Um, I I still make awesome Funko Pops. I am now exclusively on Etsy. Uh, you can Google Pop That Funko, um, and you'll find me, I hope. I am going to plug an upcoming podcast that should be out within a few months, so maybe this is a little too early to plug, but it's going to be called A Taste of Fame. And it involves me and some co-hosts tasting celebrity-branded alcohols oh, and man. pitting them against those celebrities' careers and finest work. Am I allowed to trade I my like avatar it. token for a let me get drunk on your podcast <laughs> yeah. token? <laughs> yeah, we could talk about that. That's a very Paul Getz, like this is, you know, this is very in parallel with your the Great Mountain Dew project. I like, I like <laughs> yeah. your, your projects are very um. Yeah, that sounds, that sounds fun. I'm a sucker for branded consumables. We and just I mean, discussed literal, how we literal, were just discussing literal. last night how somebody did like there was a Danny's Matrix cross promo yep. tweet, and for a, I, for a brief and shining moment, I imagined the Danny's Matrix menu, <laughs> and I you know we're not yeah. getting that thing, but God Almighty! No, I wanted that shining green shake <laughs> for sure. Um, I don't know what else they would have done, but that would have been enough for me. Oh, they would do like uh, an omelet that's called like huevos weaving. Oh. Come on. Uh, come on. That's not right. bad. Give it up for come that on? one. That's, I don't think that's so. pretty good. For for it, shooting did from it the hip? Yeah. Everybody in the comments yeah, right, below, right. let us know if you think Huevos Weaving was that super works. <laughs> <laughs> I love it as a name. On the next showdown follow-up, we'll be talking about Highlander 3, the Sorcerer, with guests Suchin Medhaker. This might not seem like it fits the molds of the showdown follow-ups we've been doing, but it does. Tune in to find out why. Also, why are you questioning me? I thought we were friends. 